Hey, welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts talking about how we should shape up our act with agribusiness. That's the one side of the paradox. On the other side, the animals choose to be there, but that doesn't make what we're doing right. Paradoxes are really amazing really things. Really true. They say the end justifies the means. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So it's not totally true. Take, for instance, somebody who cheats in business because they want to feed their family, but they could feed their family anyhow, but maybe not as easily. So they say the end justifies the means, but they're cheating other people. That You know, that's not right. Or let's say you're at war with terrorists or in a war or something, and you have to torture those people so that, let's say, Three uh, three thousand of your people don't get killed. You got one person you're going to torture for that. You don't like it, but you're going to do it to save three thousand of your people. So, uh, on the other hand, let's say a, a, another type of people would torture and they enjoy it, and you know whether the person dies or suffers or anything, that's just okay. That end doesn't justify the means. So you know we're talking about paradoxes. And um, it's always you got to look at the, each issue and see what's right in the heart and soul and truth of the thing. You know, we have a bunch of cats, and each are different. They have different personalities, different lessons, different jobs. Boy, is it obvious. One of our cats, his lesson, main lesson is to deal with his fear. He's had tons of fears. It's just almost ridiculous. Say, come on, don't have to react that hard kind of thing. And his gift to us, sometimes he'll sit on our lap and he helps us see in a new way, a new dimension, a new perspective. He helps shift us. Uh, we have another cat and she uh, stabilizes and grounds the home. She just anchors and anchors and anchors and makes sure everything's okay. Another cat that we have, when things are really uh, challenging and confronting, he'll help fight uh, the negative things coming in and he'll help protect. And he just, uh, he gives his whole life to that. He'll get torn up severely on many levels to help protect. And, you know, that's what he's doing. Uh, so each of our cats has a different job. So you see these people, unlike the, the, uh, the animals that Kathy has saved and put into a sanctuary, which they've been through hell and they probably well deserve that. Our cats live in a good home, but they choose to give all of their life force, even to the point sometimes where they're in their own personal hell and incredibly uncomfortable. Can barely stand it sometimes. Yes, but they, they choose to do that because they want to serve the greater good of all, too, because they know that the work that we're doing is in interest to serving the greater good of all, and they want to help with that. So you'll have, oftentimes, unbeknownst to most of us, animals assigned to you. Most animals assigned to people simply help them deal with their emotions. Their emotions are off balance one way or the other. The animals help. Some people have animals to help assist their uh, mission in life. I've seen that many times. You know, I want to give a comparison um, we went to one of the better free-range chicken uh, places, and we get our eggs there and stuff where we've used to. And, you know, the chickens are all just cramped up in little coops. It, it's just heartbreaking to look at that. We have canaries, and we used to have 
you know, bigger cages than most anyone we've seen. But still, the canaries, you know, they can only fly a few flaps and then they got to land again. So we made a big aviary for them. <laughs> and they're in love. And their whole world changed. There's a waterfall in it. There's a tree in it. Uh, there's a nice um, uh, bench kind of thing set up to put their food out on, flowers and everything. And so what happened? All of a sudden, we have all kinds of babies happening. We've tripled. And the diseases is almost sucked up to nothing. Yes. And, you know, that's over the years you get several diseases that run through. Because of the good food and good environment, the whole thing changed. Now, if these animals were were food, you know, like, you know, animals that you would eat, like, say, the chickens, how much richer the food was, how much better vibes, how much higher quality of food would it be to eat that? You know, if that was your food, you love the animals, you kill them right off, you know, and bless them while you do that and, and you eat them, they haven't suffered more than just one one split second and, and they have served a purpose, they serve another purpose, and you are blessed. Let's tell another of her wonderful stories in Kathy Stevens' book called Where the Blind Horse Sings. By the way, I love the book. I read it in a day, and I loved it. She was telling me stories about it all through it, and it was just sweet. It's very, very sweet. So they had a uh, ram. That's a ram, right? Yes, a yes. Sh- sheep ram. Yes, and he's called Rambo. Big horn. Now, why would he be called Rambo? <laughs> he was so mistreated wherever he was, and I don't remember the circumstances, but he was so mistreated that when he came to them, uh, he didn't trust anybody. And it took like two years. and um, Two years? Oh, it was a long wow. time. And anytime somebody would come into his enclosure, they would he would just run and ram them. I mean, they were bruised all over the place. I mean, they had to figure out ways to feed them without getting hurt. And it took a long time, but then all of a sudden, he was like done being angry. He transformed. And then all this it unwound out of him. It did. He just vented it out until he was finally. And, and it wasn't still coming back at him. They, that's right. They it were wasn't loving continuing him. to yeah, build. Right. So finally, all of a sudden one day he was out and he just walked over to Kathy like friendly, and she was like, "Wow, how cool, huh?" And then one day he came up to her urgent. And she said, well, my goodness, what's the problem? And she followed him, and he took her over to the stall where the turkeys are supposed to go each night. And they weren't there. No. And she was like, oh, my God. And it was, you know, bad fall weather. So she ran out and found them getting wet and cold. One of them was blind, getting wet and cold and scared because they usually bring them in at dusk. So now Rambo went from bruising anybody who could get in his perimeter to starting to take care of the other animals and making sure they're all right. So he got her to see that and go get them. Yes, and he exactly did that. He went and said to her, look, they're not in here. And she so said, you're go, right. Didn't he go there and then turn a uh, right degree yeah, to, he, to the door? Yeah, he walked straight over there and t- took a right degree turn and stood right in front of it. And she came and looked and went, oh, my goodness. So we got to go out that door and get them. 
Sometime later, I mean, she was just amazed at this, right? Sometime later, uh, maybe a month or a couple months later, they had gotten these llamas that had been, again, abused. She always gets abused animals. There were three of them, and they got away in the morning somehow and were off in a far field, and she had no idea what to do with them. Well, she had this dog who was this Labrador who was just, you know, I mean, he was up for the game. So she and the Labrador head out to find these llamas to bring them back, having no idea how to do that. She didn't have an idea. Well, they're like halfway across the fields, and all of a sudden she hears this strange noise coming from behind. (laughs) And she says it looked like a toothpick with a big, you know, furry top hopping. And she stopped and looked like, what is this? Well, it was Rambo. And when they want to run fast, they hop. So they spring up and it springs them forward and they land on all fours and they spring up again. She says, in no time, Flatty caught up with us. You know, it's beautiful to see an animal. They they spring on all fours, plop, 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 plop. They go really fast. Yes. She said it was amazing. And then uh, it's sort of like he, you know, she telepathy talks to these animals all the time. Right. So, you know, he sort of says, well, I'm here to help. See, he had gone from this, you know, I'm going to mangle anybody in my space to the protector of the farm. Yes. You know, that's an amazing transformation. Yes. So they went and they crouched up over a hill and at the very top, and sure enough, there were the llamas on the other side a long way away. She's trying to figure out what the heck do I do Before she could even figure out what to do, the dog and the Rambo took off together, went down, herded the three of them together. The dog came up from behind, the the Rambo was in front, and they herded them together all the way back to the barn. She couldn't believe it. Isn't that wonderful? They they did it. They did it. Anytime one of the uh, llamas would, like, make a noise, like, you know, I want to go do what I want to do, they would corral it back and bark at it and say, don't you even think it. And they didn't. They followed all the way back to the barn. She just, she was stunned. But, you know, this is the type of loyalty, Mm -hmm. intelligence, cooperation, you know, emotions she that can never be turned. Them. She never betrayed them. Right. And, you know, animals have loyalty, emotions, intelligence. Right. If we give them a chance. You know, I water our plants. Uh, some When it's dry, I water them. And I have uh, I have these little white eyes. They're green birds with white eyes. And they come. I, uh, I have a big uh, hibiscus tree. Hibiscus flowers, those beautiful flowers. They'll come and I'm watering the tree and they'll come sit right in the waterfall and just flitter their wings and take a bath right there, right in front of me. It's just so sweet. And then I, I do some prayer work and I have these cardinals that come and sing right next to me when I do my prayer work. They can see me. They can. I, it's, it's noise that I make, you know, some toning and stuff. And they come there and they make just the, the most darling noises right next to my open window for maybe a, a minute and then they fly off you know so far lately every morning so this story Charmé was saying with Rambo this is this applies to your kids you progressively give your kids jobs because self-worth does Bingo. worthy contribution mm-hmm. so you building the contribution of your kids I mean the self-worth of your kids if you're really interested in their future 
then you give them jobs that make them feel like uh, they're worthy parts and they belong to the family. This uh, sheep, Rambo, naturally was loved enough that it filled in the shoes of how it could contribute because it was so worthy and so loved. So same way with your kids. You love them and you give them stuff to do where they can feel part of the family and they can contribute and they can feel competent and good about themselves. You know, it's a progressive thing. You start little and then it, it gets more developed. It challenges them. It develops them, makes them feel good about themselves. Look, I do that. You know, I know my part in the, in the home. I always uh, make the, make the table or do the dishes or whatever and they, they feel like they're a part of the system. And then it grows in complexity and, and challenge, and you're doing a good job with your kids. The love and the uh, extra work and tasks and, and obligations, they go hand in hand. A lot of times we have uh, love and light and bliss and all is love, and we forget about the task and the grunt jobs, which is the other half of the wholeness of that. So this is just, you know, it's with animals, it's with people. Um, there's work to do. You know, we're, we're wa watching this dog whisperer, little, little shows of this dog whisperer, and he says some of these animals, they need to have a job, some of these dogs. And yeah, he literally brings them these little doggy backpacks right. so that they can feel like they're contributing. Right, so they'll take a walk and they carry the water and people will take the water out and drink it every now and then. So the dog feels like I have a function now instead of I have all this pent-up energy, barely enough walking, and uh, I'm just going crazy. I'm, I'm designed to do something with my life as every meaningful soul is, not just to watch TV. You know, our cat uh, brought in a rat about, I don't know, two months ago. You and biggie it, rat. It, and it got away. Small rat, by the and, way. Well, it wasn't small <laughs> when we got it back out again, I'll tell you. It had been It was feasting. neat how this happened. You know this, that? You know, he kept, he kept being taunted because there was a rat in his space. The and cat, he knew it, yeah. Yes, and he knew it didn't belong there. Finally, uh, one morning, a few mornings ago, it was laying in front of the couch that's in the garage. And I knew that that's where the rat was. So we took the couch out to the sun. And a few hours later, when it got really hot, the rat says, I'm out of here. And we happened to see the rat in the daylight, which they don't like the daylight, across our little pond crawling along. And we acknowledged him heartily for doing his job and catching it. So we hurried up and brought the couch back in. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I would like to tell one more of the very cool stories in Kathy Stevens' Where the Blind Horse Sings, uh, her book. I recommend this book, by the way. It's a lovely book to really, really start to see inside animals' worlds if, if you haven't been around them. And if you don't know who animals are, because they are loyal, intelligent, emotional people, you know, animal people, who have a lot to contribute. They had a, um, you know, these cockfights, which are horrific. They had um, a cock that had been with that, you know, doing that. And they finally took him out of the job, and somebody else took him, but they didn't know what to do with him, so they stuck him down into some uh, corner somewhere. 
Like a cage. Yeah, and just sort of ignored them. And finally, you know, uh, Kathy was at some sort of a gathering of animals and stuff like a, you know, a public deal. And this guy said, would you take this rooster? And she clearly didn't want to do it, but, you know, she was like, you know, she came and she looked, he says, he, the rooster was in the back of his car and he says, I don't think you'll be able to even get near him. Of course, he wouldn't let anybody near him because everybody was abusing him all the time. Well, if he was trained to fight and, and, and be fought. And nobody was treating him right. So he didn't trust anybody, but, you know, she's got such a heart that she was in there holding this rooster in the back of this car in, in seconds. The guy couldn't believe it. So she had no choice but to take it. The rest of the story we'll have to tell when we come back, won't we? Yep. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. Stay with us. We have more stories when we come back. Hang on. 